Warning, the following program contains adult language, adult themes, and spoilers. Viewer discretion is advised. and welcome to this week's episode of this week's episode i am your host evan goldstein with me as always is the wonderful karen randazzo i guess we'll have to have a conversation and the amazing chris randazzo no we here on this week's episode talk television this week karen you pulled an audible we are talking doctor who season 11 episode 11 the new year's special resolution but before we get into that here's your weekly reminder that you can get in touch with us at mail at geekade.com tell us what we're doing right tell us what we're doing wrong suggest a show for us to watch we will we're pretty much open to anything so first off happy new year got happy new year's guys oh happy new year we to ha- you too we haven't we, i mean unbeknownst to the rest of the world we haven't really spoken <laughs> Um, so yeah, I, I totally forgot that this show was, was doing a new year special, even though we probably talked about it every week. Um, and I'm Karen, really good at, at <laughs> finding Dr. Who news. <laughs> we'll get to later. And, uh, this, this came about and I watched it now there's, there's, okay. So preface me and the missus, what we watched it together and we had a difference of opinion on it. So mm. Karen, I'll explain her her opinion and mine when once we get into that. But how did like you are the 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 of the show? How did you feel about it? Um. Well, that's the reason that we called the audible oh. is that when we recorded uh, the mini episode in which I picked my Doctor Who episode uh, several weeks ago, uh, I had no way of knowing how freaking amazing this episode was gonna be so i'm going with the fact that you liked it uh yeah okay yeah, that's a safe assumption safe, safe assumption okay um chris yeah not uh, how how just brass tacks like how did you feel about the episode um let's see to uh paraphrase dave Chappelle. I wish I had uh, more hands so I could give this episode four thumbs up. Okay. I, too, enjoyed it. Um, I thought it was, like, story-wise really well done. Uh, Ange thought it was lacking. Like, it was kind of boring. Well, she's dead to me now. (laughs) Now, Good thing she's not on this podcast. Easy. We all love her. It's okay. We can have a difference of opinion. We haven't spoken in two days, but that's besides the point. Um, But when you step back and you look at it, there was a lot of of emotion in this episode, which was great. That's not like my experience thus far with Doctor Who is more action-y. Um. Granted, the storyline was fantastic. Like the the, I mean, I have watched now three, maybe four episodes of of this season, including this one, and 
there are there were a lot of questions answered that I didn't know I had a question about, like what happened with the dude's father and you know things like that. But this, I don't know what was that trailing throughout the season. Was that something that was that needed resolution? If you what will. the dad? Yeah, uh, it came up a lot. Um, it was sort of, uh, it was always, it was not always at the forefront, but it was always kind of there for Ryan. Uh, you know, anytime they went back to Earth or anytime they were reminded of anything to do with family, mm-hmm. you know, he would revisit his feelings about his dad and and his whole family situation. Gotcha. Yeah, it wasn't one of those things that was like we are dying to know what 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 exactly happened to his dad because you know we've met him before. We just see he's I didn't been a deadbeat. That. Yeah, he we did. Yeah, we've met him. Uh, didn't we? Yeah, he showed <laughs> Down up at the uh, stop and shop, right? <laughs> um, when he didn't show up to the uh, funeral, he he saw him like a day later or something like that. I'm ninety percent sure. Okay, maybe now, you, uh, now you've got I'm, me doubting myself. I'm old and I don't know things. <laughs> <laughs> I forget things the way less badass version of Tyrion Lannister. I'm old and I forget things. So, okay. Now, the the theory of this whole season was they were not going back to the well. They were trying to come up with new and creative villains and that's how we got the tooth bad guy, which still is the stuff of nightmares. But to see okay, when we first saw the villain of this episode, yeah, I, I, due to the fact I don't have much background in, in, you know, who knowledge, I didn't know what it was. <laughs> okay, I thought it was an evil squid monster, and I'm like, oh, maybe there is an evil squid monster that has plagued Doctor Who throughout this, the, you know, the centuries. Karen, like when when that thing showed up on the wall did you know exactly what it was at that moment listen, listen to me and listen to how early on i knew what the bad guy in this episode was going to be i knew as soon as they starting now i know you you don't experience doctor Who this way but as soon as they started airing episodes with promos for this episode mm-hmm. and the way the doctor would talk about this is the worst evil that anyone has ever faced and blah 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 and then <laughs> and then someone would say does it have a name? And then they cut away before she answered the question. I was like, it's the Daleks. Uh, That's how early I knew it. But yes, of course, when I saw it. So uh, that is I mean, that, that I, representation, that squid representation is recognizable? Yes. That's okay. what's within the metallic casing, which they have shown in pre- previous seasons. Okay. Not this particular flavor of it, though, which I thought was really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Like the whole... The Scout Dalek or whatever it's called that that hadn't been shown no. before. Well, did did uh, I'm trying to think? Did they ever show it as taking over a host, if you will? Before? No, like a, that a was a new trick, and it was freaking cool, man. Yeah, and it was specific to this Scout Dalek. Here she said, "I liked that they pulled that off." Like, yeah, no, these these are like the rare rare Scouts that go out and do a bunch of recon, and they have special powers that regular Daleks don't. They've shown Daleks like infect other people before uh-huh. uh, in different ways, but never use them like puppets like this, which was freaking cool. I can't remember if they actually said Dalek before sh- that, that woman got the gun. Like, uh-huh. I can't remember if they actually named it. <laughs> and 
Ange picked it up before I did. Mm. I was I I really thought like I was I was way off because <laughs> and then as soon as we realized what it was, I was like, man, I really hope they give it a different casing, you know, update it a little bit, and then I was disappointed to see the same old, you know, whatever cylindrical ribbed thing that shows up. But why though? I don't know. Why I just like I get I I I understand why they did it. I thought like like um what's the robot the the oh the the villain the Cybermen. Yeah. Haven't they yeah, changed they, the oh, Cybermen yeah. over the years? Well, yes, but that's kind of in their nature. Daleks believe themselves to be perfect. Okay. You know, the Cybermen are always about upgrading and upgrading and, and moving with the times. It's part of the Daleks' character to not change. Like, whenever a Dalek does some sort of change, it's usually like, holy crap, they're different colors now? Oh, yeah, we're like the, what would they call them, the Cult of Scarrow or something like that? They were, they were like, anytime a Dalek looks different, it's because it's like some sort of ridiculousness, like... And this one did look different because it was made out of like earthly junkyard parts. Right. So the little plunger thing was more of a grabber thing and whatnot. But it was all based on this, like what they believe to be, you know, their perfect design. Okay. Which is ridiculous in and of itself. Yeah. But and if you, you know, if 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 after li- listening to this episode, you are not satisfied, go read my uh, my recap of this episode on geekade.com. But the. Uh, in which I say, stop. Just stop fucking around with the Daleks. Just fucking stop it. There's no point. You fix the whole, it can't go up the stairs thing. That's all you needed to do. <laughs> Leave it alone. The Daleks' worst nightmare is a set of stairs. Is that is that it? Is it it's yes, nemesis? Yes, and they've actually made that joke. Like the, the I think it was in uh, the, the Eccleston season. Yeah, that, it was in Dalek. That it was the first time we ever saw a Dalek be able to like levitate up the stairs. Okay. They made an explicit joke about it. But... <laughs> Uh, I think if they had changed it too much to not really look like the, you know, little pepper shaker look that it has, that it wouldn't be a Dalek, it wouldn't be as recognizable, and it wouldn't be as um, I, I mean, even if they kept it, like, just hopping from body to body, and she had the gun thing, like, I was cool with that. I Like, it didn't, for me, it didn't need to go into the casing. Like, I was, I thought that was way more interesting than throwing it into the shell if it was to like it i don't know like i'm trying to think of like i can't i i know there's another character out there that has jumped from host to host to host upgrading as it went um but then it just stops and goes into that shell um granted it stopped a full military fleet if you will (laughs) Yeah, that's the thing. That's uh, I, I think that's one of the things that I like so much about the Daleks and their ridiculous look is that, you know, every single person, every single human or uh, that, that runs into a Dalek is immediately like, okay, sure, this thing. Yeah, right. And then they prove how just incredibly formidable they are because there's just this completely unassuming, almost adorable look. And then... Uh, <laughs> It's no, it's a it's a ridiculously powerful murder machine. <laughs> it and, is a uh, murder machine. When you get an army of those things and they start flying around and stuff, like yeah, they become a. I, I find it all the more impressive when you can make that design uh, 
imposing and frightening. And uh, this was, I think, one of the best Dalek episodes that they've done in years. It mm-hmm. was certainly, I think, one of the most the, the most memorable since the first one. Um, you know, having not been a Whovian growing up, I had no idea what a Dalek was. And when Christopher Eccleston met that Dalek in that first season episode, which that first season is, you know, is goofy as heck, but when he met him, that <coughs> his performance conveyed the history. Mm-hmm. And this was one of those instances where it was just like her performance and the way she reacted to the Dalek. It, first off, it gave her um, a lot more of the, uh, I guess, kind of action-y doctor, like more of the, I, I don't know, the my the words are escaping me, but it was a different side of the doctor than we had seen all season. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was because uh, it was you know, a, a big personal history instead of all this new stuff. And uh, I thought that was portrayed really well. And that was some of the best I've seen since Eccleston's season when they just conveyed this crazy history just by their reactions to one another. And they sort of had to do that, I think, because they have so many new viewers now with a lot of people coming on board with the female doctor. And so that would be the first time that a lot of people in the newer audience would have seen a Dalek and they would have needed that extra bit out of Jodie Whittaker's performance to be like, oh, okay, this is something that's really bad and that she's, you know, met up with before and has a whole history with. Yeah. I- all in all, I mean, the episode was, was really good. I, re- I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, I feel that maybe I should have watched more of the season. Because, like, like, the very beginning of the season with, you know, Tooth Monster and whatnot, like that, there was a lot of action in that episode. And then I haven't watched any, and then I, it, it just felt like like a similar level of action in this episode. Um like we'll talk about it later i i read that article that you posted up there are mm-hmm. things that i i feel like reading like there would i like there was just too many people in this episode <laughs> like there was a lot of people that you had to pay attention to and if if you're just popping in it's tough mm-hmm. it really is um i feel that they shoehorned the dad into this episode mhm um when like I like because I don't I, and apparently you don't you guys don't know much of the backstory either because they didn't present much but like he comes in and literally saves the day with his microwave oven thing which was as soon as that thing showed up I was like that's gonna that's what, gonna be how they beat the Dalek that, I don't know how the they're gonna is microwave that, the Dalek but it was and the then MacGuffin they microwave the Dalek yes um <laughs> I don't know why that was necessary because like he's now like at but from what I feel at the end of this episode he's out. We're not going to see him again. Probably well, we not. Definitely that's, not going to see him cuz that's the character. 2020, but they made him really important this episode where I feel that like at the very end of the episode they made the doctor make a like grave mistake and the guy who has made a mistake throughout the entirety of the season, he became the hero. That was just weird to me. Well, yeah, I don't know that I agree that I, I didn't really didn't see him as the hero. I mean, he needed to be saved. He was, I'm talking about like they, they, they separated the Dalek from its killing shell Mm -hmm. via him. She didn't, the doctor didn't do that. Well, Mm -hmm. she used the tool that he brought into the equation, which 
which that 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 microwave they like the humans couldn't have just dis- disassembled that and turned it into a weapon themselves that took doctor knowledge okay because like when they like i don't know what his background is because it sounded like the dad was worked on an oil rig but, he apparently used to be an engineer which they brought up in this episode and that, that's um, it all of a sudden he he was an engineer the the doctor said some bunch of stuff about the Daleks and then he's like oh wait help me take this apart and I could we can fix this and yeah didn't she say something about needing like a heating element yeah I I mean yeah I I, I get what you're saying (laughs) that he was like the hero but I mean he was just kind of a means to an end his whole point was you know the 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 relationship with his son and and that whole situation with his son, like it was basically just a foil to make Graham and uh, Ryan have those scenes and kind of grow as characters. Like, I don't feel like him. It wasn't like he had this big, important character moment. It was just kind of happening in the background. It was just like, yeah, I can do that. And then they did that, but they didn't like make a whole big thing out of like, I'm going to do that because I'm your father and I'm going to save you and bloody, bloody, blah. It was just like, yeah, I can do that. And then they went off and did that while other things were happening. And then, you know, the, the, what actually had gravity was his son deciding not to let him go, even though he's you you, you had that whole apology conversation earlier. You mm-hmm. know this kid doesn't think a whole lot of this guy, but at the end of the day, he's still his dad. And th- these this season, Graham and him have both been faced with decisions to be better people, and they've succeeded in in doing so. Um, Graham, in the instance of where he didn't kill that uh the the alien that the toothy alien that killed his wife so i Which, don't know I, I i i didn't see like when he left at the end i was just like yeah okay whatever like i'm not gonna miss this guy and i don't i didn't really even see anything of him sticking around i i guess he left more of an impression on you than he did me see but like that's the thing like two major scenes in this episode were i i, I apologize because i don't remember their names yet you got the kid and his dad sitting across the table from each other at the diner, you know, talking. Uh-huh. That was a, like a majorly emotional scene. And then who's the, the older gentleman? Graham. Graham and the father sitting across the table from each other having an emotional scene. Now, I have this weird thing for father-son moments. And I got like there was nothing like I felt no emotional ties to these people when that, those heavy scenes were happening, which was weird for me. Like, I just wanted to see more doctor stuff. <laughs> well, I think that those scenes would have had much bigger an impact on you if you had been through the whole season with Ryan and Graham, because they've gone on quite a journey with those characters mm-hmm. and developing that relationship. Because when you meet them in the beginning, Graham is Ryan's grandmother's new husband. Yeah. And that's how he relates to him. But over the course of the season, they did develop this close relationship where you see in this episode, uh, Ryan calls Graham granddad. It's, was that the first time? or did it... it wasn't the first okay. time, but uh, it was like the second time. Okay. So, but it was... Um, it was a thing. Like, every time he does me. it, it's like significant. Like that caught me. Like their interactions, the, the, the grandfather and the grandson, that I saw those and those hit me in an emotional way. It was just any interaction with the dad. Like, even though I have minimal backstory with any of these characters, I really felt like they tried to shoehorn that guy in. And I, it, it's just, it 
it was just weird to me. I felt there was less doctor and more other. Which, I mean, in the end, it worked out. It was still a great episode, and I, I enjoyed it. It was just not the norm for me. All right. <laughs> um, so, all in all, this was the replacement for like the, the, the Christmas norm, the Christmas special. Mm-hmm. Um, this aired New Year's Day or New Year's Eve? Day. Okay, so there is going to be more than a full year before <laughs> more Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. Oh. Interesting. They kill me. They kill me with this because, I don't know, just this to me is the best that this has, Doctor has been. Okay. And that's a, an especially painful note for me to go out on, just to be like, hey, here's this amazing, awesome episode that's going to make you love this Doctor more than you've loved her before. Uh, peace out for a year. Now, what what about her in this episode, like, heightened it for you, that kicked it up that notch? It wasn't necessarily just her. It was the whole episode, the way it came together. I don't know, just the um, adding that dash of the the classic show that had not been present somehow kicked, it was like a missing secret in- ingredient that gave it, like, extra zing. Okay. Like all just, these like changes that we've seen from, you know, all these new things that they do they did in season eleven that they never did before. Um, and then you kind of mix back in a little bit of the best of, you know, seasons one through ten, mm-hmm. which is this Dalek episode and the way the doctor reacts, you know, when cre- confronted with a Dalek. It just it was it's just something extra. I, I I got you. I understand. It's just it it was it was it was weird to me that the the introduction of the past character and it was done on a heightened level. Like it wasn't just hey, look, here's we're we're rolling out you know, knocking off the mothballs. Here's an old character. Check it out. They took that character and stepped it up a notch for this particular doctor which i thought was fantastic because it shows that like granted like we said before this is the bigger badder version of the dalek Mm -hmm. this doctor took care of it pretty readily because that's what the doctor does the doctor beats the daleks at the end of the day so yeah i liked it did you i did i liked that uh I feel like this is at least the first time I can remember really seeing her scared and angry, um, which are two things that I always like seeing the doctor be. Uh, we had just recently caught a little bit of a, a Matt Smith episode. Um, when the heck was that? Was that on New Year's Eve? Christmas? Christmas, maybe? or Sometime in that week. Yeah, when, some... In that week when you never know what day it is. <laughs> yeah, you're full of cheese. Um yeah, it was just like, wow, man, I really miss this kind of thing. Because the thing with the Matt Smith stuff is that he was very grandstandy. And, um, you know, all the doctors ha- have that piece of their personality a little bit. And we hadn't really seen that in Jodie Whittaker at all. Um, and the, I think the thing that brings out that grandstandish nature a lot is those returning classic villains, particularly ones that the doctor, you know, has a healthy fear of, you know? Mm-hmm. 
And uh, I I really liked seeing that in her because she, she carried it so well. It was just, I don't know, it was really neat to see that, especially having been away from it for so long, which is not a, a, a detriment to the season. I think it's actually uh, quite brilliant. You know, I like it when they do those kinds of, when shows do that kind of really interesting heel turn, you know, like, you know, we've talked about Scrubs before, where it's just like this super goofball comedy, and then all of a sudden it smacks you across the face with something hyper dramatic. And like, right. this this season has been, you know, very historic, it's been very, uh, it's been very funny, it's been very somber, it's been all these things, but it's rarely been truly angry from the, uh, the doctor's perspective. Um and it was just really great to see them just whip that out because it makes it all that more effective when you don't see it very often, which is, I think, a, a problem that Moffat ran into is that everything was, you know, everything. <laughs> <laughs> everything had to be bigger and better and better and scarier and whatnot. And I think that the uh, maybe that the disparity between our perspectives on this episode is that Chris and I watched the entire season week to week right. and i could like i can kind of theoretically understand how this might not work as a standalone episode to somebody who is coming to it not having seen everything right but i can't really like comprehend that cuz i don't have that experience whereas you can't really view this as like you know, you didn't have the experience of seeing the whole season, so you can't see it as someone who has collectively seen the whole picture. But that speaks to this episode because I enjoyed it, and you, it like, and that's not having the 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 backstory. Yeah, so you you dug it, but you could potentially have liked it even more had you had even more, um, you know, knowledge or history or whatever reference material. There you go. So yeah. That's because it's Doctor Who and it's good. Doctor Who's good. <laughs> well, there you go, Karen. Thank you so much. Good pick. Good Thanks. way to start off the year. <laughs> so um, let's take a quick break. And uh, when we get back, we got some news to catch up on. Stay tuned. It's Mega Man Month at Geek Aid. And in honor of that, Matt and Chris are joined by the site's foremost Mega Man advocate, Jonathan Robert for a very special episode of the Waveback Podcast. The trio discuss their favorite tunes from games featuring the Blue Bomber, including the original Mega Man, and the sequels 2, 3, 4, 6, 7, 9, and 11. Find out if your favorite Mega Man music made the cut on the Waveback Podcast, episode 71, Mega Man Month Special. Around this time of year, there's a lot of New Year, New You going around. Well, perhaps the new you could use some new music. Chanel Hawks has you covered as she breaks down all the new music January has to offer. There are new albums from Randy Hauser, Switchfoot, and the Backstreet Boys, who are apparently still a thing. Don't miss all this and more, and turn it up. New music releases for January 2019. Whether you're a fan of horror, anime, or both, Jonathan Robert has a treat for you in the first anime annex entry of the year. Another is a show about the tragedies that befall a cursed class at a junior high school. There's gloom, suspense, and even a little romance, and the show has a very deliberately builds to a larger purpose. Intrigued? Check out Anime Annex, another. You could catch all this great stuff, plus tons of other articles, videos, podcasts, and more, right now at geekade.com. And we're back. Thank you so much for checking out our commercials. 
let's talk some news. Uh, first up, we're going to go to radiotimes.com, talk about Chris Chibnall, yes. who's defending Doctor, Doctor Who's focus on social issues. <sighs> like, isn't that, a, I, I could have sworn that was a thing. Like, don't all doctors do that? Like, is that, is that new? Nope. No. Okay. No, it's not. Okay. So people But now just... it's a woman doctor focusing oh, so on social issues. Oh, so she should be quiet. Is that what they're trying to say? She needs to look sexy and pretty <laughs> and let a man save her. I, not for nothing, I have never thought about a doctor's clothes as as I was watching the episode, except for like, which one, um, who is the one that had the, like the shorter pants? <laughs> like, uh, was it, the, he wore the, the bow tie, bow ties are cool. It was the last guy? Yeah, Matt or Smith. Guys, Matt Smith. Too, yeah. And his pants were like skinny, skinnier jeans and slightly shorter. Like that bothered me. But other than that, never thought about a doctor's clothes. I love her wardrobe. <laughs> she looks fantastic. And that's it's pretty it. pretty great. That's the only, like, I, I'm noticing it maybe because she's a woman. I don't know. But it looks functional and it's perfect. Why are there so many stupid people out there? That's a good question. Uh, are we not going to conquer that answer today? No? Is that is that it? No? That's a question for the doctor. It's <laughs> an episode in the next season. So Chris says, hey, it's it's the doctor. It's a current show. It's fundamental that we... It, this show is of its times. Like, we have... It's, it's, it's about now, so... Yeah. It's, that's going to be a thing. And... Um, basically, like, undercurrent of this show has been around for 50-plus years. Uh, sorry it's not exactly the same thing that it was 50 years ago. Like, shit changes. Get over it. But it's not... It, and it's... it's They're not bad changes. That's, exactly. That's the problem. That's what bothers me the most. But you know how... I won't make a blanket generalization. Some nerds can be about like, you changed my thing and I don't like it anymore. Like, okay, it doesn't like matter it. what the change is. It's changed. If it's not the same thing it was when it started, then it's bad. That's how some people view it. But these are not bad changes. No, You're absolutely right. All. Chris Chibnall's right. <laughs> There's a whole lot of right going on. If so, you can't yeah. accept change, then I'm sorry and bye. So, I mean, with that said, you also posted a, 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 an article uh, from RadioTimes.com. Um, 11 changes Doctor Who fans want when the series returns in 2020. All right. Which fans who is my question? See, now, there there are some of these things that I read. And like I said, in uh, the first half of the show, I don't have a full season of experience with these people. Sure. There's certain things that caught me in this episode that were like yeah maybe cutting down the cast a bit so that it seems like everybody gets a turn okay I, i'm okay with that and i really enjoyed seeing a historical character like a villain from the past i was okay with that now all the other things like make the stories longer or two-part I, I can't say either way you guys have seen all of the episodes and Karen, I'm a, I, I, I'll throw it at you. 
how do you feel about this article in which you asked me to read? (laughs) (laughs) The thing that I have to say about this article is that it makes me completely bloody insane. Because, okay, one or two things, maybe. The, you know, more old monsters, fine. Like, they said that the no old monsters thing was a thing they were going to do for that first season. It it barely bears mentioning like we'd like to see more old monsters. Well, okay, fine. That that was only a that was only a rule for season eleven. Mm-hmm. So why are you even complaining? Uh, the smaller TARDIS team. I don't know. I could I could see the argument that like it used to work in the sixties when the episodes were longer and they were more slowly paced, so you needed more characters. Mm-hmm. And now you don't. But I don't think that the bigger TARDIS team doesn't work. I liked it. Okay. Um. Almost everything else on this list of people saying they want more of is things that other people have is the same things that fans have bitched about in the past. Like there's too much like returning characters. These returning characters show up too often. They're not, you know, they're supposed to be a special treat and you use them too much. Don't, uh, you know, this one's more of an arc. Uh, I didn't like it when the whole, you know, the whole season had a story arc. That's just dumb. And and when now it's saying more two-parters. Well, there were too many two-parters <laughs> before. Like, will you shut? So it doesn't well, matter. Well, Fans will find a way to complain about fucking anything. And this the, article makes me, like, why fucking the, loony. Why the fuck did you make me read this article, Karen? <laughs> I j- <laughs> <laughs> because it's I can't, a trigger. <laughs> I can't believe that there is this, like this article out here saying this is what fans want. The total opposite of what fans wanted two seasons ago well, is what no, fans see, want what now. I didn't like, like about up, this fans. article is they actually go on to say, "Well, this is what fans want," and then say both sides. Yeah, more more two parters, less two parters. More fleshed out stories, fewer fleshed out. Like they actually in the article. Companions, fewer companions. Like yes, I did like the whole run when they were actually talking about the companions. How if they were to lessen the amount of companions, and then they ran through how well I like the way these two work together, so get rid of her. But I like her, so get rid of them. But I like these two together, so get rid of. Like they ran through the whole gamut, and they didn't like settle up on make this the team hey fuck it let's bring a whole new group of people in that was one of the <laughs> options <laughs> make the doctor's coat green like what like this is just absurd but the thing i will say about the larger group of companions and i've said it in my recaps is it can be tough to fit everyone in and have everyone have something important to do every episode but the thing that i really like is being able to like pair people off in different combinations and that gives you all kinds of different dynamics mm-hmm. and different stories so that's my argument on keeping three companions i am completely fine with there being multiple companions i love the x-men i watch voltron teams work just fine i, I especially because you don't have to have everyone do everything in every episode i'm there were a couple episodes this season where graham didn't have a lot to do and that was fine you know i mean there not everybody always has to have a huge part in every episode. I think that's how you make ensembles like this work. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm totally okay with it. Looking at this article, and I mean, I'm just reading the headlines. Like, okay, more Daleks, of course. Uh, yeah, bring old, old, old monsters. Nobody said they weren't. Returning characters, don't overdo it. Don't overdo it. Just, you know, once. Maybe once. Maybe twice in a season. Bring us somebody else. You gotta keep that stuff special. You know, again... 
we're just talking about this stuff. This is the kind of things that people complained about. You, you do this all the time, and then all of a sudden, River Song isn't as special because they keep carrying her back into the show. Like, I give her one more ride. Like, all right, I was done with River Song. She was really, really special. And then they kind of unspecialed her by rubbing her all over our faces. Like, bring them back, but don't go nuts. Give us some jokes. Get bent, article. This show is plenty funny. More of an arc. Again, get bent. What do you mean more of an arc? Like, this series was great with a the not crazy amount of arcs. I liked when they first started and they were doing the bad wolf thing, but that was the whole we fell in in the first place. Like everything setting up the biggest arc, but then the arcs were on top of other arcs. And now four seasons later, we're bringing back arcs that you didn't even know we were arcing with. We're arcing all over the place. No, screw you in your arcs. T t take a break. Bring an arc back if you really want to. Bring back the cold open. Yeah, okay, I like the cold open, but I appreciate what they're doing because the old series, the original stuff, didn't start with that stuff. They were just like, here's the intro, and then we start the episode. Shake up the companions. I already covered that. Go go, jump up your own butt. I like the three companions. We haven't had it in a long time, and it's different. Deal with it. Uh, different side of the doctor. I don't even know what that means. More Sheffield. No, give me lots of crazy places. I don't want to keep going back to like one place on Earth. Give me all kinds of places. Make it scarier? No. I, it's scary enough. And the rest of these things I don't care about. Like What? A villainous end and conclusions? Are you really going to dedicate two segments to endings? No. Screw this article and screw whoever wrote it. The end. <coughs> Feel free to move on now. Okay. <clears throat> Karen, are you, are you good? I, I'm, I think I've said my piece. <laughs> Sometimes it's fine to get it's fun to get riled up over like nonsense. I would like to see John Barrowman show up. I would too. I've been saying that forever. Just to that see his great. reaction. That's it. Oh my god, I would just love love to see John Barrowman show up and start hitting on female doctor. That would just be hysterical. That that's that's <coughs> just me. Okay. All right, moving on. Uh the avclub.com <laughs> John Barenthal to his alt-right Punisher fans. Fuck them. <laughs> Pretty much sums up the whole article. Uh, so, John is okay with his character. He likes playing it. He's he's a, a fan of how certain people uh, gravitate to the character, especially the nerdy ones from, you know, the comic book world and, and certain people in the military. Like, he's okay with that. But then there are those that he's not okay with and those are, the, you know, the alt-right group. And I, I, okay, makes a whole shit ton of sense to me, so. Fundamental misunderstanding of the character. Fundamental, yes. It's, 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 it's a shame because I, I personally have a, a, a long history of knowledge with, about the Punisher and whatnot because of my comic bookdom and... Like, for for that group to uh, latch onto it now, just doesn't it just doesn't make sense. Like it it, it it's it this character hasn't changed in. Uh, uh, does it say when the the Punisher was created? It was like nineteen seventy something, seventy four ish. Came out in Spider Man. Yeah. So, just because it's on TV now. It's been on movies quite a while. You know, Dolph Lundgren played him once. That's right. Ivan Drago played the Punisher. Yeah, didn't know that, did you? Um, <laughs> I mean, I did. <laughs> yeah, but you I mean, you worked next door to a video store for quite a while, so. <laughs> sure did. 
Um, he's not a fan. Uh, and it, it's I, I, I couldn't imagine reading this article and him going, yeah, I'm all right with the alt-righters liking me. Yeah, that's okay. So it just makes sense for him to, to, to not like the bad people. <laughs> Let's just move on. From CNN.com, Stranger Things Season 3 gets a release date and a couple of release date teasers. Uh, apparently, we're getting it on July 4th. Okay. I kind of love this, uh, the poster that they re- did the reveal date with, which is... Uh, is it the excessively high-waisted pants that that, nope. that poor girl is wearing? <laughs> Nope. Okay. I am, I am on the record as staunchly against high-waisted pants. Um, they just look uncomfortable. I can't find the stupid poster now because my iPad's being dumb. With but uh, the one with the, the the firework scene. Yes. Yeah. And the tagline that says something like "One summer can change everything." Yep. And I feel like that is such a strong theme of so many of the 80s movies that the show tries to emulate that it's just perfect it's just the perfect way to promote this that and the other date announcement where they used the um countdown clock Mm -hmm. that was and that's like old school digit like that's what they used for for dick clark's new year's rockin eve in 1985 like that's good stuff like i like what this show does especially with remembering like what it's trying to emulate like it does a good job of that mm-hmm. so there you go uh we get uh, we've discussed most of this stuff already about the relationships and dad steve and like all this stuff is we've already discussed it um the new news here is it's dropping july 4th right i didn't there's nothing i didn't miss anything no no right? that's right? that's about it so uh uh, uh, uh moving on <laughs> All right. (laughs) (laughs) This story is kind of amazing to me. Yeah. Okay. So Beverly Hills 90210 in the works reboot is not a reboot or a revival. Okay. Apparently it is this theory of a show is being shopped around as a mockumentary kind of thing where it's people from the cast, but not the main, you know, well, Shannon Doherty and uh, that one guy. What was that other one? The the the, the Fonzie looking jacket. Dylan, um, you know who I'm talking Jason about. Luke, Luke Perry. Perry. Luke Perry. Luke Perry. Um, they're not attached, but it's it's that's you know the, the mockumentary stuff. It's not nine hundred two one zero. It's what happened it's, to the nine hundred two one knowers. It's from my understanding of the way I read it, it was that the people who were involved in the show um try a mockumentary about them theoretically trying to make a revival of night 0210 there you go which is a hilarious concept to me yeah wow, but it's, it's pretty meta i like it yeah right it's 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 kind of perfect it's it's exactly the right um level of meta for a show of this I don't know. I don't want to say caliber, but <laughs> there's no other word to use. <laughs> <laughs> so it is being shopped around. There's no, no going ahead. There's no timeline. There's nothing. So nobody has bought it yet. So if we get any more information, we will keep you posted. 
Because um, I know you're waiting all with bated breath on the edge of your seats. 90210 is coming up on an anniversary in the next couple of years. I think it might be the 30-year anniversary Jesus of that show or something Christ. like that. I only know this because people that I follow um, from another website are writing a book about 90210 to coincide with the anniversary. So there you uh, go. I guess maybe this show is, is happening and coinciding with that anniversary as well. 30 years? Jesus. Yeah, we're old, dude. <sighs> All right. Uh, from Variety.com, Bruce Campbell to host Ripley's Believe It or Not reboot. For the Travel Channel, I am all on board for this. I liked the Ripley's Believe It or Not past shows. There's been a bunch of them, um, and I'm a, 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 a Bruce Campbell fan, so this makes sense to me, and I'm on board. I like it. Nice to see that Bruce has work. Uh, yeah. is really all that there is to say here. <laughs> um, it is the Travel Channel, like going around the world, finding ridiculously amazing things to put on TV. Like that's awesome. I'm okay. Yes. Yes, I want to see this. Um, does it say when? No, there's a lot of a lot of information about. So built around across the globe, each of the ten hour long episodes will be shot at Ripley's Warehouse in Orlando, Florida. Blah blah blah. I, I don't see a date, which is. I think he has the perfect sort of campy, um, I don't know, attitude yes. for a show like this. Like, believe it or not. Like, um, not Kane taking it, it too seriously, but not uh, making fun of, too much fun of it either. Right, right. Was it Ripley's Believe It or Not? What was... No. Yeah. Dean Kane did a run on Ripley's. You got me, pal. Where they, I think you're right. Where, like, it's just amazingness like it's just seeing the awesomeness yep. from around the world i'm a, yes from yes. 1999 dean kane there you go say <sighs> dean kane <laughs> superman all right uh another bit of info from variety.com okay so i don't know how to feel about this because i think cbs is like pitching a fit because of their whole streaming service but CBS acknowledges contractual impasse with the Nielsen's. Now, the, the Nielsen rating system has been around and the staple and the, the benchmark for who's watching what, when. And that's how people get or those that are in the business get their information about how much to sell advertising for. Uh, the Nielsen system is grossly out of date. <laughs> We have, we have actually gone on record saying something to that effect because it does not take into effect all the other forms in which entertainment is absorbed these days. So CBS is saying, you guys charge too much money and we don't want to do this anymore with you. And I think that's great. Yeah. And I hope they're leading what turns out to be a charge against yeah. these Nielsen's because it's fucking enough already. CBS is believed to pay more than $100 million a year to Nielsen for access to its data. That's ridiculous. Why? Why? Don't know. Because they they're the only ones that have these numbers that are becoming increasingly irrelevant. Yes. And it's the ones that are becoming more relevant are easier to track. Like, like Netflix knows exactly what you watch and when you watch it. Okay. They do. Mm -hmm. Just because they don't report it doesn't mean they don't know it. Now, all streaming sites know what you watch and when you watch it because 
it has to come from somewhere to you when you access it. The the reason that Nielsen has had this monopoly is because you you don't go to you don't go asking for the information. The information is just thrown out there, and if it happens to hit you, good. That's not how it is anymore. There is no like there's very minimal destination television now. The only thing that could sort of come close to that is binge watching shit when it drops. Like on July fourth, every third person is going to be watching Stranger Things. We know this. Netflix knows that. You know, like CBS with its streaming service knows who's watching what on their streaming service. They, 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 the, 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 the advertise. I don't, I don't have CBS's streaming service, so I don't know what their their advertising setup is there. But I know what it is on Channel 2. Every eight minutes, I get a batch of fucking commercials. No matter what I'm watching, sometimes it's less. Like, it's it's going the way of the dodo. So, Especially given, okay, hi. <laughs> hi, my name's Karen. Have we met? <laughs> I can make anything about Doctor Who. Yes. Yes, you can. Ready? <laughs> so, go. <laughs> so we're watching the the Doctor Who special. We weren't able to watch it live on New Year's Day because we were doing things. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, it was I think because of the children. Um, Damn. Kids. And then, so I decided to come home from work the next day. Chris was already off, and I decided to come home from work and watch it on my lunch hour. And then I get home and find out it's fucking ninety minutes long. I'm like, wait a minute, nobody told me this, so I didn't get to finish it. But when we finally did get around to getting through the whole thing, the reason that it was 90 minutes is because there were 40 minutes way of com- more commercials than normal. The commercial breaks were longer and more frequent. There was, they do this thing, BBC America does this thing where they like grab a clip from the middle of the next block of the show and throw it in the middle of the commercial break it as like a teaser, like stay tuned to see this scene. And, but they don't, there's no preface for that. You just think the show came back and you look up long enough and then it's like, stay tuned for more. And it's like, fuck you, fuck you. And fuck now you. back to the commercial. I just raced back for the kitchen for nothing. And then the other thing that they did was they, it was like this, like, I don't know, five minute extended preview of some new show, like a nature show that they're putting on. Like, who is wow, watching Doctor Who and is like, this is what I want. I want you to stop showing me Doctor Who for five minutes and show me some shit about cheetahs and orangutans and God knows what else. What the fuck? This is like traditional TV gone mad. Stop doing this. You're killing yourself. So it was 90 minutes. It was 90 minutes, but there was no way there was 90. There, there was no... No, like, no, no. The maybe... show itself was 50. Exactly. So that's 40 minutes of commercials exactly. in a 50-minute time span. That is just shy of doubling the length of the episode. It's criminal. That's it's barf-inducing. I, man, watching BBC America was such torture this year. I, particularly that the thing she's talking about, where they, they do that, take a clip from a scene you haven't seen yet. And then just like you just cut you off in the middle of it, like, hey, you want to see more? Keep watching. Now back to those commercials. No, no, ah, no, we dicks. don't. No. <laughs> dicks. Ew, and they did this dick. too with um, 
what was it the, the was it the premiere or something when we looked at it like oh no the premiere is like two hours long like no it was like a regular episode with an hour of fuckery added on top of it just yeah there was like a pre-show and an after show and- Ugh, they're just so good at shoving as much fuckery as they can but that nature show thing like holy crap how tone how tone deaf are you how completely Read out of touch room, with your audience people. are you like you would have had better luck showing us five minutes of a Star Trek The Next Generation rerun. Like, static. They would have had There's better be... luck with just turning... You know that, the, the, what's that, the color bars for five minutes? <laughs> Boop. Seriously. All they're doing is making people angry. Ding. Like, I, I actively want to not watch that show just because of how hard they tried to make me watch it. Yeah, that nature show? Absolutely not. Like, I wasn't going to watch it anyway, but now I'm going to actively not watch it. <laughs> I'm going to turn it on and go, no, and then turn it off. <laughs> All right, well, there we go. Uh, we don't know what, what's going to happen with this. Apparently, there are other services. Um, what was it? There was like a, a... I'm looking, trying to see if I could catch it. Because it was something that I had not... I, it was a service I had <laughs> never heard of before. That was like a a competitor of uh, Nielsen, but I was like, I, why is like there's ways to to measure this without having to put a box into a person's house because that's what the Nielsen still do. Yeah, a box, and then you have to fill out a piece of paper. All right, moving on. Uh, CW orders Bat. Oh, I skipped one, but we'll go back to it. Uh, CW orders the Batwoman pilot, starring Ruby Rose. So, apparently, the introduction to the character went well, and now they're like, hey, make another episode. Yep. Not a surprise. We have not. uh, We are so desperately behind on those CW shows, um, so can't say from personal experience, but... It's my fault. I've been making her watch more Veronica Mars. And I've <laughs> had to try really hard to make her do it. Too. Yes, it's it's really been torture. You you can't really understand how 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 bad I hate it. Yeah. Well, hey, we're just... pretty pretty deep into season 2, so. There you go. And are you enjoying it? Very. What I keep making her watch it. There so, you yeah. go. <laughs> nice. Family time around the Mars. I like it. So, um yeah, the the standard CW fair, uh Berlanti, uh like uh, what's that other guy's name? Um, you know, the ones that are all attached to every CW goddamn show. They're going to do another one. This one featuring Batwoman. Not a surprise. I would be surprised. They're also going to continue to dance around the fact that, no, Batman does not exist in this yes. universe. Yeah. This is the closest you're going to get. So we'll keep an eye out for that when that's actually coming in. How, like, why just do a pilot? Just do a, a short season or a, you know, even a full season. People will watch it. It's going to be watched. I don't know. They've got so much going on. They're they're pretty dangerously close to just being the superhero network. I, I guess they, just embrace it. It's not a terrible idea to just kind of dip your toes in and be like, all right, let's see if we should one make this one. More. Let's just be sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, We're kind of running out of non-superhero shows at this point. <laughs> and I'm okay with that. Uh, from Deadline Hollywood, Marvel's The Punisher, uh, Netflix drops a season two trailer and a release date for The Punisher. And cancellation date. And, well, <laughs> we're just assuming. <laughs> um, did you guys watch the trailer? 
We yes. didn't even watch season one yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I watched like three quarters of season one. Um, trailer looks pretty badass. Uh, we're getting Punisher and Jigsaw. Um, just voiceover. A lot of spinny camera stuff. Dark, foreboding. It's what you expect from from the Punisher. Um, and it's set. Was it the eighteenth? I think it said right. Yes. Yeah. So in eleven days. Yeah. So if we're this far behind on CW, just imagine how much we're never going to catch up on Punisher. <laughs> and there we go. Well, you, at least once this is done, you, you, there won't be any more added onto it. So you could just at your leisure. There is a finite amount of yeah. uh, Marvel superhero shows. Yeah. Which is for now, at least. All right. Um, let's talk. Let's 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 go back to BBC America. Because <laughs> apparently we we love them. Uh, BBC America's Killing Eve season two premieres April 7th. Yay! So, uh, Chris. Yeah? You're, you're getting some more uh, Sandra. I know how you love her. No, I'm not. I'm not watching this show. <laughs> you're I'm getting some more Sandra. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure I'll watch it eventually. I was able to stomach her from the episode <laughs> we watched for the what did we watch it for this show right yeah 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 so i mean and look i'm still acknowledging it is a completely irrational <laughs> hatred for this woman <laughs> based on nothing that makes any level of sense but yeah i mean i'd like to watch the show i think it's pretty neat but you know talk about what what i like about this season two information that has been given up uh killing eve is pr- is picking up exactly 36 seconds after the events of the season finale. <laughs> That's just a weird number, but I'm okay with it. I want to see what happens in 36 seconds that we don't see. What were we just watching that picked up right where the previous season left off? Um, it was actually, it was the movie. It was The Incredibles. It was Incredibles 2. That's right. I love that Picked movie. up right where the first one left yep. off. I liked it quite a bit. Not as much as the first one, but really, that would have been I like impossible. what they did with her. With with last oh yeah no that was great I'm just saying the first one was unbelievable magic lightning in a bottle this was just like about as good as a sequel to this movie could have been which was great yeah. just not what quite they as were good doing the with one. her on the Lasta bike the oh my god that was great just in general I was remarking to Karen afterwards like just <laughs> the the ability to make a stretchy hero cool looking is is not an easy thing to do outside of a comic book like in any sort of moving form making a stretchy hero cool is really hard and i think they do an astonishing job and if there is ever another fantastic four movie they best be taking notes from the incredibles because that's how you do that yep not fan four stick so back to killing eve um yes so april 7th season two more, I mean, this show, is, it got rave reviews. It did really well. Um, we'll talk about how well it did in a, in a few minutes. Um, it's not... There you go. Watch it. It's, it's worth it. It's a good show. So it's not that there won't be anything on TV to fill the time before was, Doctor Who comes back. This is true. This There's deaths and Stranger Things and apparently several seasons of The Punisher. <laughs> <laughs> several. Several. Um, okay, so from the AV Club, Netflix found its first Carmen Sandiego trailer. So I forgot that Carmen Sandiego was a bad guy. I always thought she was like... like an anti-hero, maybe? 
Thought she was, was a thief, right? Wasn't yeah, that she, was a she, she was a thief, and then that was the point of the That's game show is that you were always trying to catch her. Right, I did yeah, not. I never watched the, the, the cartoon or anything like that. I never really even played the games, which the whole thing was based did on, you, right? The whole thing's it, video game based, right? Oh, uh, yes. I don't know which came first. I think it started as a video game. That's what I think, too. I'm going to go look up the history right Check now. Check that you out, because talk. I know there was a game show featuring Rockapella. Yes, exactly. Carmen Sandiego is a series of American educational mystery video games which spawned an entertainment franchise of the same name. There you go. Uh, the game was released in 1985. Where in the world is Carmen Sandiego? Where in the world is Carmen Sandiego? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, didn't see that one coming. Yeah, did not the see The girl to be the, the base part. Um, it looked like they, the animation looks great. Uh, it's that stylized stuff. Where everything is very angular. Um, story looks good. They are showing like the history of young Carmen, who turns against her <laughs> vile ways. Um, I understand why they're spinning it to make it so that she is she is now stealing from thieves because that's what the whole. Because you can't was. make a show show for kids these days with the, the hero being somebody who does stuff that's bad. Right. Like, She's doing bad things allowed. to bad people, which is okay. Yes. It's like three rights make a left. <laughs> so It's kind of like the same angle that they, um, not the same angle because She-Ra was always a hero, mm -hmm. but they kind of turned it around a little bit with this new, uh, the reboot, which I've watched some of, right. that when it starts, the girl who becomes She-Ra uh, has been raised by this military group called the Horde, mm -hmm. which, if you're anyone who's outside of the Horde, is known as the Evil Horde. And like you find out, like come to find out, she's she's a bad guy. She's on the wrong side. And then she finds a sword and she becomes She-Ra and she joins the right side. But it's it's an interesting little twist on an older character. So they did it again with this because yes. that was and looks good. Looks like a lot of fun. Um, I'm hoping that they keep the educational spin to it because that was a big deal with Carmen San Diego. It, it dealt with a lot of geography and, and, mm -hmm. and historical. I learned about places that I never would have known existed if not for this show, yeah. the original. Yeah. I will say I have one huge problem with this trailer, which is the, the bit that I heard of the theme song yeah. is not nearly as cool as the Rockapella yeah, version. But man. you're never going to. You're never going to capture Rockapella without Rockapella. Talk Rock about lightning in a bottle. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> but the, I mean, the Ducktales, the original Ducktales theme was amazing, and they the new version of that oh, is not it. as good, but it it's good. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I might put it up as as good. Uh, I love the you. New watch theme. more of the new Ducktales than I do, <laughs> but this Carmen Sandy, this new Carmen San Diego theme is like a pale imitation of the Rockapella uh, theme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, no likey. <laughs> me no likey. <laughs> well, it's it. Other than that, it looks good to me. So, um, <laughs> uh, from Variety. dot com, Netflix stock rises after five Golden Globes wins. Upbeat analysis. Uh, an wait, upbeat analyst subscriber estimates. So. They won awards and their stock went up. Hmm. That seems to make sense. Um, 
there's numbers about their shares and how much they're worth and whatnot. But the th the thing here is five Golden Globes. So the Roma, the Kamansky method, and that's it. Those are the only two wins. Like, I mean, those are the only two shows that won. No, those were the two. Never mind. You don't. Uh, yeah, no, you're right. You're right. It was the t the TV one, the TV show one. Right. Oh wait. A couple it's of star, awards. Uh, Netflix uh, Bodyguard, that also won something. So like, there's a there's a, yeah, like they're making good content. Just I I don't know why this is surprising to anybody. It's not. You do you do good things. You make the monies, and you—you—you—it you're, 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 <laughs> just makes sense, people. Come on. Um. So yeah, Netflix is is on an uptick right now, especially after the Golden Globes. Speaking of, let's take a look and see this list because I, I I glanced at it uh, from enews dot or eonline dot com. Uh, that's the uh. What is it called? The winners and nominees. Nominees. Thank you. Oof, blanked out on that one. Of all the Golden Globes, we're just going to scroll down, scrolly, scrolly, scrolly to the television portion of it. There's Sandra. Ha ha. Um, you Amer like that? How I gave you a visual you. cue. I, I appreciate that. I work best with visual cues. Um, so, Bodyguard was uh, nominated. I'm trying to see if what else. Okay, so uh, Americans. The Kaminsky Method, Assassination of Giovanni Versace. That was an FX, really. They did good for them. I'm trying to see if there's anything else. Wow. They just stopped labeling. Oh, that's the BBC. Killing Eve. Bodyguard. Oh, that's why. Bodyguard couple. So, The Marvelous Miss Maisel. Yep. Winner. Um, anything Nailing on, it again. On Anything on this list that surprised you? Um, surprising, no. Uh, gratifying to see Sandra O oh win mm -hmm. since she did not win the Emmy for that role. Mm -hmm. So it was nice to see her get the globe. Mm -hmm. Um, I hear good things about this Escape from Denimora um, limited series. <coughs> right. I wouldn't mind checking that out. I mean, it's, it's, you know, we, we, we talk about a lot of shows on this, on this podcast and it's nothing outside of what we we tell you to watch because you know because we like the best thing we like the best things we have the best opinions and, the and fact, no one should listen to anybody but us but <laughs> if if our opinion is incorrect we will tell you right out the gate like i am a fan of perfect strangers i like that show it's not the best show i know that it just has has you know a soft spot in my heart balky bartokmas and cousin larry I know that shouldn't win any awards. I know that. But, don't worry. I don't think it has. <laughs> I, no, it didn't. Um, but like Westworld and the Marvelous Miss Maisel, I, Maisel, we know these things. These are good shows. It's not breaking. Like, it's not rocket duh. science. <laughs> um, so yeah, check it out. Lots of good. I mean, if worst case, look at this list of nominees and winners and that's choose those things to watch. Because there was not a single surprise on this list to me. So, 
Um, moving on, Vulture.com. Now, we, we talked about this show, right? Yes. All right. So, uh, FX is Fosse Verdon. Verdon, yeah. Okay. Uh, teaser featuring Michelle Williams and Sam Rockwell and Jazz Hands. Uh, I like that title. <laughs> um, it definitely is a Fosse-esque trailer. Lots of snapping yep. and chairs and whatnot. So, I, like, I I know nothing about this other than the the stuff that we had previously discussed. Um, it looks interesting. Just yeah, do, there's, I don't know why though. Like, I can't. There's zero percent dialogue in this trailer, but yeah. that's okay because I don't know. They just they. I mean, they, not to they just, not to make a pun or anything, but they jazzed it up, man. Yeah. It's yeah, a very visual, very visual and and visceral, like the snapping, the lighting of everything, the the flashy costumes, yeah. and the rhythm <laughs> of that. I don't know, just what was it? and so many hats, <laughs> and so many hats. Um, I, I mean, a- I was always going to be in the bank for this because of you know, musical theater, but right. And Sam Rockwell, I mean, and Sam Rockwell and Lin-Manuel Miranda, who's executive producing. There you go. So, uh, there you go. Check out that teaser trailer. You don't get much out of it, but it's visually stunning. It's enough to get your motor oven. Yeah. (laughs) I Uh, think this time next year, we'll be talking about all the golden globes that it won. It premieres in April on FX. So keep an eye out. All right. Finally, <laughs> I love this. Story I love the fact so that this. Much. I love the fact that this story stuck it out to be the last one. Um, <clears throat> from AOL.com. Hold on, let me click load up because I want to see. Melissa McCarthy secretly handed out ham sandwiches to guests at the 2019 Golden Globes. <laughs> so, little known fact: dinner is served at the Golden Globes. Even lesser known fact, it's while everybody's on the red carpet. So there are a lot of people that miss out on dinner. Melissa McCarthy was not having that. She snuck in 30 ham sandwiches and just started handing them out to people. I I love love her. Um, Apparently, Jones on third got a pretty big bump from this. (laughs) Those were, that's where she bought the sandwiches um, at apparently 12 bucks a pop. So, Which is about right for a ham sandwich yeah. in L.A., I think. Yeah, I guess so. Makes sense. Um, apparently, she also got a, a, a minor shout-out during one of the uh, award, you know, the, you know the, the, someone went up there and said thanked her for the sandwich as they were accepting their award. So I think that's cute. Um, she also claims that next year she's bringing hot dogs. So I want to see her walk down the red carpet in a stunning gown, pushing the hot dog cart. A cart. <laughs> dirty water. <laughs> dirty dogs. water dogs. Said yes. I'm okay with that. I will help. I will support that till the bitter end. Not only do I support that, but I really want a hot dog right now. <laughs> oh God, me too. <laughs> Look, Chris you is thought back. Chris was asleep, but he was just nope. over there thinking about hot, hot dogs. dogs. Over here thinking about hot dogs. <laughs> <laughs> Quietly thinking about hot dogs. Well, that's it. That's all we got, Chris. I know Hi, it's been a doing? while. Do yeah, you remember the spiel? I don't, but I have it written down. Fantastic! Give it to us. You. <laughs> <laughs> 
can get in touch with us at MarylithGeekade.com as well as all flavors of social media that we inhabit. You can like us on Facebook with both the Geekade page and the This Week's Episode page. Find us on Instagram at Geekade. Subscribe to our YouTube and Twitch channels for all our latest video content. And follow us on Twitter at the underscore Geekade or follow this show specifically at Twepcast. You can also find, it, find us individually on Twitter. I'm at Geekade Chris. That's Geekade K-R-I-S. Karen, where can people find you? Shoot underscore the underscore moon. Evan, where can people find you? Geekade underscore Evan. <laughs> If you're interested in more information about anything we discussed here tonight, be sure to check out our show notes. And while you're at it, you can also subscribe to this and any of our other wonderful podcasts on iTunes or Stitcher. Or if you're super nice, you can leave us a review because any and all feedback is welcome and appreciated. Again, always remember to keep your eyes on geekade.com for more fresh original content. Back to you, Evan. Thank you so much, sir. (coughs) I think we had a good return. The break did us good. Um, So, a little behind the curtain here. For the next couple of weeks thing my recording schedule is going to be kind of wonky i am in the process of moving and it's a biggin so uh i'm pretty sure my pick is next you just made it sound like a bowel movement it is a biggin yes (laughs) it is a biggin why Uh, is it a bowel movement just because it's a biggin lots of things can be big jesus christ i'm in the process of moving and it's a biggin (laughs) a lot you guys are gross a lot of things can be big all right i just had to jot down that title um so, you guys, if you, you want to keep, you know... Wait, is it your pick or is it my pick? It's Evan's pick after me. No, it's Chris's pick after me. Well, what did we watch before? Because, oh no, we did... Yes, I was the last pick, so yeah, it is Chris's the, pick. The, yeah, so I apologize. Chris? You started the whole Veronica Mars craze. Yes, yeah. I did. I did. Darn right. So, well, the, here's the thing. Where... We're not 100% sure yet on how the recording schedule is going to go, whether I'll be here, whether they'll find other people to, to substitute in for me, whether we may skip or two. I don't know. Keep an eye on our Twitter feed that Karen lovingly runs. <coughs> um, but as of right now, Chris, do you have a pick for us? You're darn right I do. All right. Chris, and I'm, I, what I, is your and pick? You, well, you need to watch it just in case you're on the show. Yes. And I do, uh, I do heartily apologize for this. Oh fuck you! Because it's bad, like it is, it is objectively awful. But it's Mega Man Month oh, here at Geekade.com. <laughs> so we're going to be watching Mega Man, the '90s cartoon, season one, episode one, the beginning. I have not seen this in years, and I remember it being bad when I watched it. So wait. this is going to be really especially fun so to kind of just season one, episode one. <coughs> yeah is this where he talks like that is that that one no 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 that's captain and the game master this is um okay this is very much a, a uh 90s animated show um not i'd say like more towards like late 90s i'm sorry uh, i'm sorry karen this is my fault i made it available to him i apologize i was gonna the, the, <laughs> i was gonna ask for it anyway i was gonna, I was gonna make oh, this happen god it's it's short and it's just gonna be hilarious my giving nature has bitten me in the ass (laughs) (laughs) fucking mega man month (laughs) all right you guys can't you guys can't shake my mega man pride (laughs) there's your homework is there a title to it the beginning okay the beginning mega man season one episode one the beginning that's your homework people i'm sorry from all of us here at this week's episode, I'm Evan. I'm Karen. Exterminate. Good night. And this concludes our broadcast day.